Okay, 13 to 17. Wow, where do I start? 13, buddy. I hit the teenage years of running. Now, I don't know if I should just start off thanking girls. Girls in general. This is a year that about 13, it was really about 12 I started noticing boobs. About 13 I started chasing them. And... What I really started doing and I learned to do and I did forever is everywhere I went, I used to get four or five phone numbers. At one point in time in my life, I was a good looking kid. I'm overweight now. You know, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm 50. I've done my time. I've chased women enough. My wife knows all of my past and she's completely fine with it. You know, what's in the past is in the past, but... Ages 13 to 17, man. That's all I did was chase women. I mean, I'd go camping, I'd get phone numbers. I'd take girls on hikes, I'd take girls to dances, I'd take girls swimming, I'd take girls. That'd be it. That's all I did. You know, I've got some pretty other memorable stories, but uh, I think the most memorable would probably be the camping. I used to camp at this place called Center Ranch. They had the most beautiful thing called the sunken house that I used to go to all the time. And then the lodge. Now, um, uh, the sunken house is literally a house that was built about 50 years before. And it literally was built in a bad place. It was built on a lake. What happened is, is it sunk. It completely sunk down to the second floor. And it eventually sunk up to the roof. And every now and then you see some dummies go up there and jump up and down on the roof. And uh, I was not one of them dummies because I was afraid of falling through. Because so I heard it happen to people. <clears throat> and I didn't want to be one of those folks. No, I dated a lot. I, I used to get in a lot of trouble because sometimes I'd meet. I had a good friend. that um, uh, His name was John. I ran around with him for a lot of years. And then I met a couple other good friends. There's Craig, who was always in my life since we were little kids. And uh, Craig was a great friend, and he had a stutter. And I used to hate when people used to make fun of him. Whenever people used to, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting hairs on my neck standing up now just thinking about it. People used to make fun of him. And then Tim came into my life. We used to call him Mean Face, because he had this, this, just this look. He gets this really mad looking. He'd, he'd give you that look, buddy. You knew you were about to get an ass kicking. So we called ourselves the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. We just called ourselves the Four Horsemen. We ran around and in a van, <laughs> in this really, really old 1960s van. And we had such a great time. I remember one time in particular, we had some girls in the van. And we had this other strange dude, and he started picking on Tim. And he's telling all these things he's going to do to Tim once his van stops. And finally, I said, you know what, Craig? Craig was always driving. It was Craig's van. I said, hey, Craig, pull over the van. Craig knew. I said, pull that van for a second. And me and John just looked at each other. I said, I want to see you do this to this guy. I said, go out and whip Tim's ass. And this girl that was with him goes, no, just stay in the van. Just stay in the And I forget what his name was. He had some girly name. I can't even remember right now. It was some girl's name that he had. I started making fun of that. And he's like, do you want a piece of it too? I said, let me tell you what's going to happen. 
I said, what's going to happen is we're going to pull over and we're going to all get out of this van and we're going to beat the shit out of you and we're going to leave you here in the middle of nowhere crying. I said, so run your mouth one more time and that's exactly what's going to happen. Do you want that to happen? He's like, no. I said, say sir to me. When you talk to me, say no, sir. He's like, no, sir. And I said, very well. Sit down and shut up. And maybe we'll take you home. And he didn't say one more word the rest of the time. But we used to do that to folks. You know, if we saw one of our friends having trouble in a fight, we would go up and give a foot. You know, roll them over. I mean, I saw one of my friends one time being drowned in a mud puddle. I mean, his face was in a mud puddle and dude was drowning him. He was holding his face in there and I went up and... That rib shot. Sorry. I didn't mean that. That's what happened. And then another dude came and grabbed a hold of me, so I hit him too. You know, didn't want to do it, but sometimes shit like that's got to be done, you know? I'm not going to let my friend drown in a mud puddle. You know, I'm not sure what that guy's intentions were, but his face was in that mud puddle and he was blowing up. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of good friends from this age, and unfortunately they're all dead. The town where I come from was pretty rough. Um, in this time, my grandpa on my uh, on my mother's side, whenever I was 17, got arrested for racketeering. And that was really bad because it took three years. And, uh, you know, finally he was, oh boy, he was acquitted. And, uh, they said he was, his heart was too bad to send him to jail. And they put him on sort of a probation. And uh, he, it was, they took his house. They took his bank. They took everything. They inflicted the RICO Act on him. And uh, he basically had to buy his own house back. And uh, eventually, they lost it. When my grandma died, it was, you know, left to all of us. And my Uncle Bud kept it, and he lost it. The payments couldn't have been that much, but it was just gone. And I hated it. Now it's a flat nothing. City tore it down. It was turned to a crack house because nobody lived in it. And uh, they broke windows out. People climb in there and just get all messed up and shoot up and everything else. And the city deemed it worthless and tore it down. I wish I could have just kept the damn thing, and I should have just moved in there is what I should have done. Kick my uncle out and, you know, have to pay the damn payments. I could have just paid him with what I was making. I used to make a lot of money up here. I should have just taken over the damn thing, but I didn't. Oh, well, live and learn. But it's uh, 13 to 17 was my punk rock years. I was heavy into punk. I was wearing chains and leather and... Leather pants sucked. Leather pants were terrible. I don't know if anybody that's listening to this or if anybody's even listening, if they have ever worn leather pants. Leather pants are terrible. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's no practical use for leather pants in modern day. Maybe cowboys wear them, you know, I mean, back in the day when, I don't know. There's no modern use for them. They suck. No, I used to get all my clothes imported from London, and I loved that about my grandparents on my dad's side. I'd get clothes from a place called Commander Salamander. I'd get them imported. I can't remember. UK, USA. Um, 
I can't remember all the other places, but everybody used to always comment on my shirts and pants and stuff. But I didn't buy them around there. I mean, I would get them just from crazy places. And I'd pay, you know, everybody, look, look, my jeans are stonewashed. Yeah, my jeans are acid-washed, made by um, uh, Gavalte in London. How about you? You know what I mean? That's what I wore. I mean, I'd straight up wear Duran Durans, you know? I'd straight up wear Andy Warhols. How about you? <laughs> but that's how I dressed. I loved it. I did. I loved this. I loved being total punk, man. I did. I mean, I was wearing them, uh, Sex Pistol shirts, and sometimes I'd have to turn my shirts inside out at school, and I hated that. Oh, you can't wear that at school. You'd turn that out. What I always used to get at school is um, uh, at 17, I decided that I would try this out, and I did it as a joke, because there had never been a guy at this cosmetology class, yeah, 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 go ahead and make your jokes, it was a cosmetology class, haircutting, you know, cosmetology, haircutting, facials, uh, manicures, I decided I'd go there and just try it out, but I wanted to try out welding, too, but I went into cosmetology, and they made this huge deal about it, and there was all these chicks in there, and all these girls, and I went home and threw their phone numbers back in the box. See, I, I've always had a box of phone numbers. Girls would give me phone numbers, I'd take them on throwing a box. There'd be two boxes, ones I knew I'd never call and ones I wanted to call. You know, all the time I used to have boxes and boxes of phone numbers that girls would give me their phone number. And uh, that place is no different. So I decided when school year let up, I was going to go there for two weeks. Well, the thing about it is, is I caused so much trouble at my home school, you know, at my high school, they threw me out there and kicked me out and didn't want me back. They would not take me back. So my two weeks were up. My schoolmates said, the, the cosmetology school said, listen, we're going to walk you through this. If you get to stay here, you're going to meet governors, senators. You're going to be on TV. You're going to be famous. And I literally was. I was the first male to do that. And I was on TV. I was in commercials. I went to other high schools. I did all this shit. I, I got straight A's for two years in a row. Other students did my homework for me. Whenever I went to the state boards, the state board people did my work for me. I mean, I got drunk the night before I went to my state boards with my father. I, I just, you know, I mean, I got walked through everything. I literally did. I met governors and senators. I went to dinners. I went and met congressmen. I was on TV. I mean, it was just crazy life. You know, I dated damn near every, people go, you're a faggot, excuse me for saying that word, but people would say that to me, I'm like, yeah, I dated half that class, how about you? At one point in time, when I was 17, I'm, uh, someone wrote on the mirror, now, I can't write cursive because my arms are all messed up, I have a, I have a problem with my arms, I always have, and, uh, I actually, they tried to teach me to write in cursive and wasted so much time trying to teach me cursive that I actually lack the basic skills of English. And whenever I'm writing sentences, I lack the, the structure. That's why I can't write this into a book. You know, I got to go, have somebody ghostwrite all this stuff. There's actually more that I've done. You know, I, I'm leaving a lot of stuff out. But you know, trying to fit these into 15, 20-minute segments. But someone wrote on this mirror to this girl, and she was the prettiest girl in school, and I never did date her. In cursive, they wrote, real pretty in cursive, I want to bang you. 
and uh, they instantly thought I did it. So they told me I'm going to kick me out of school. I was like, fine. Beautiful cursive writing, huh? Yeah, yeah. You wrote that. We know it was you. She was really offended by that. She was crying when she came in here. It's tore her name down and seen that. Her name was Shelly something. I don't know. I can remember, but I'm not going to put her name out there, you know. I mean, and uh, she said, we've called your father. I said, good, you know. I hope you call my stepmother, too, because she's a lawyer. And they said, what's that got to do with anything? I said, well, just wait till my father gets here. He's like, very good. We'll have this settled. He said, we're probably going to expel you for this. I said, that's nice. I said, I hope you do. I said, I really hope you do. I said, you better look at that four or five times before my dad gets here. He said, that's fine. He said, that's completely fine with me. And everybody sit there, and my father wasted all kinds of time to get out there. They get out there, and my dad walks in and looks. He said, all right, where's what my son supposedly wrote? And he looks at it, and he goes, that's cursive. My son can't write cursive. And the teacher looked at it and says, that's actually true. Rick can't write cursive. And the principal goes, is that true? He said, look at all my homework. You won't find one bit of cursive in there. And he looked at it and he goes, oh, my God, I'm very sorry. And Shelly goes, yeah, that's true. I can't write cursive. I've actually checked his homework before. We've traded, the, we've traded each other's homework to grade it. And she goes, I'm sorry, Rick. And that was it. Everybody, everybody walked away. Dad took me out of school that day. There's like one class left. He goes, screw this. He goes, we're going home, Rick. As long as I'm out here, I'm taking you home. I said, yeah, this is bullshit. I said, you've wasted half my day in here. I said, you've wasted half the teacher's day. I said, you've wasted half her day. I said, you know, those guys from construction were in there that day, too. I said, one of those guys probably wrote it. He goes, yeah, that's true. There were a lot of guys in there, too. I said, you guys go picking on me. I said, this better never happen again. So, yeah, I went to cosmetology school, finished it, graduated, top of my class, and uh, straight A's, and I don't know how I did it, because I never did homework, never, never did homework. So it's done for me. Teachers do it. Screw it. I don't care. You know, what did I do? I partied. Hell, I'm, uh, I had this teacher one time, when I was about 15, he, uh, <laughs> I got even with him myself, too. His name was... I'm not even going to tell I can't tell you his name. We'll just say his name was Mr. K. Okay? We'll just say his name was Mr. K. And what happened was, he told me to shut up. The whole row was making no, making noises because I'm... Uh, they were talking about this thing, this um, British battle, and he says, and they beat them off the bridge. <laughs> and everybody laughed, you know, beat them off the road, beat them off, you know, and we were like, you know, seventh grade or whatever, you know, so you say beat them off, so we're all just giggling under our breath and everything, and I just found it extremely funny, because I have a great sense of humor, and I'm laughing about it the most, and I just couldn't quit giggling, you know, and he told me to shut up, and he, or he's going to take me to the office, and he reached out and grabbed my shirt, and as he reached out and grabbed my shirt, he punched me in the jaw, and I just pointed at him and got up, and my friend Bill got up because he thought I was going to beat the shit out of him. And Bill was going to help me. Bill saw the whole thing. The whole class saw the whole thing. And I just got up and pointed at him and walked out the door and walked to my grandma's house and called my dad at the bar. My dad came down. And uh, I walked there. And uh, to my, I was walking back to school. My dad pulls up to school and told me to get in the car. It was like half a block away. I got in the car. And my dad parked on the crosswalk. 
And my friend Neil was out there. He goes, you can't park here. He goes, bullshit. And he walked in. And the, as we walked in, the principal was out there. And he goes, where's the classroom? And I said, right there. And he goes, are you, and he, he goes, you go in and sit in your classroom right now. He goes, are you Mr. K? He goes, yeah. He goes, you come out here right now. He goes, you hit my boy. He goes, listen, it's totally an accident. He goes, I meant that. You know, I want your boom, 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 smack, boom, boom, boom. Like that. It was just funnier than hell. He beat the piss out of that guy. And all you heard was my principal, Mr. Argwood. Stop it. Stop it, Mr. V. Mr. V. Mr. V, stop it. He goes, just stop it, sir. Please, please stop it. Like that. And he goes, Rick, come home. You're coming home with me. I said, all right. And uh, as I walked out, uh, my friend Neil goes, Rick, your dad just beat the piss out of Mr. K. I said, yeah, I can hear the whole thing. He goes, no, man, you don't understand. He goes, he beat him unrelentlessly. I said, well, he hit me in the jaw. He goes, did he? He goes, he wondered what he did. He goes, he beat him bad. He goes, he's probably going to go to the hospital. <laughs> and we went out and got in the car and laughed. That was it. And uh, I was kicked out of his class after that. I got put in the study hall after that. So I had two study halls after lunch. So I went to lunch and then had two study halls. So I just skipped every day after that. I just didn't go back to lunch. I just, I wouldn't go, I'd go to lunch, never come back. That'd be it. That was the end of it. So the rest of the year, I just blew it off. So how the hell with this school? But, yeah, 17, that's when I met my, also, I met my first wife. She was a joy. Um, I started dating her at 17. Um, I guess we were in love, but she turned into a beast. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we were in love, I guess, but she, we ran around together. We were more drinking buddies than anything else, and then she... I don't know. I don't know what happened. She, she was all right, I guess. She was in the same cosmetology class as me. And uh, we ran around together. I I don't know. I guess I dated about every other girl in the class, and I got to her, and I stopped dating. And I started dating her steady, and I don't know. And she got pissed off at every other girl in the class that I dated. And she's a wicked, wicked bitch to him. She always say weird shit to him all the time, ask me quest, sexual questions about him. Stuff like that. She's a really strange girl. Her parents were really religious. And uh, her dad was a truck driver. And uh, her mom was just really strange religious. <coughs> but I dated her from 17 to 20. Yeah, 20. And that was the end of it. That was the end of her. But I'll get into her more later. Blah. Unfortunately. But, okay, it looks like we're at 1903. I guess, you know. Like I said, this is the era of the punk years. I was, I was a punk rock dude at the end of the era of the Four Horse. We used to go around beating folks up. We'd have a lot of bonfires. This is the year. I think the greatest thing I did this year was, um, uh, was um, I, I bought a stolen gun. And off a friend. I took to school with me, and I kept it in my pants pocket all day. It was a small 25, and I went out to, to a Kmart, and I had a friend of mine who was 21 who used to buy us beer. I said, hey, go in there and buy some bullets, buy some 25 caliber bullets. And mostly I wanted to put one in the, in the top of my Levi's jacket because yeah, everybody had one. There was hundreds. They always used to put a 22 or 25 caliber bullet in their Levi jacket in a little thing that said Levi, and I wanted to do that. Well, I kept the receipt. 
And we were there at the closing time, and it said exactly what time we were there, 10 o'clock. I don't know why I kept receipts, but I did. And uh, as we were going home, next morning, police came to my house and knocked on my door and said, we went to purse. I said, what the hell are you talking about? And uh, my brother-in-law, Robert, said, Rick, if you have anything in your room, you better get rid of it now and give it to me. So I went in and gave him the gun and, the mag and not the magazine. I threw the magazine somewhere where I figured they'd never find it. Well, they found it, one to gun. And I had to confess to the whole thing. And they said that I stole a purse at 10 o'clock. I said, bullshit. I said, I could prove my whereabouts exactly at 10.01. I said, so you're telling me that I stole a purse at 10 o'clock? And he said, well, the person had buttons all over their jacket. I said, everybody has buttons on their jacket. I said, I started a trend in this town. I said, they make buttons at school for 50 cents a piece. I said, I can name you 10 people that have jackets like that. And uh, this was my grandma's neighbor, and she left her, went shopping and left her purse on her car, and somebody stole it. And they said it was me. And then the brother-in-law came after he was going to beat my ass, but he wasn't tough enough because I ended up whipping his ass. But, and I did a lot of ass whipping. I, I you know, I did more ass whipping. I don't know. I did a lot more ass whipping than I put in there. Yeah, he came out and he goes, I want my sister's money. She had $200 in there, and you're going to give it to me right now and whip your ass. I said, go ahead and whip my ass. And he jumped out of the car, and I just beat him. That was the end of it. I said, now you got, now I got to rob you, you know? You're going to make you give me 200 bucks, motherfucker. <laughs> but we ended up, him and I worked together, and I told him, I said, I never stole your sister's purse. He goes, yeah, I know. He goes, I'm sorry about that. I said, there were a million kids that had buttons. He goes, I know that now. And I said, I proved where I was out to the cops. I was out buying bullets for a stolen gun. <laughs> but all right, um, you guys have a great day, and I will talk at you later.